I can imagine that each one of us this week has felt at some point the weight of life on your shoulders. You know what I'm talking about? It's that, that feeling of responsibility, that feeling of pressure, the feeling that, that people are relying on you or that you are relying on yourself. At some point, we all feel this weight. The question is, what do we do with it? For some of us, our lives can feel like we're a person on a springboard. Have you ever used or seen a springboard before? It's like a diving board, but much longer. Right? It, it uh, is long, long, and very, very bouncy. And it's the one that the Olympic divers use to do those amazing flips and tricks off of before plunging into the water. On the springboard, you do the hop, right? the step, and then you jump with the full weight of your body on the board. I can remember growing up, there was a public pool that we used to go to that had a springboard. And I remember doing the hop, the step, and the jump on the springboard and getting flung up into the air. But one time, I can also remember that there was a very, very large man who also wanted a turn on the springboard. And he did the hop, and he did the step, and then he did the jump, where he put his full weight on the board. I can remember this um, live physics lesson on force, right, where the, the board bent almost completely down to the water. And, and it's one of those moments that pauses in my mind where we thought to ourselves, is it going to come back up? <laughs> what this man did was he trusted this board. He put his full weight. He offered himself to the springboard in such a way that for better or for worse, he was at the mercy of it. If it held, then he would be catapulted into the air, high up in the air, weightless, flying, if not, if it didn't hold him, if it broke under the pressure, well, I'll let you fill it in. You know, what happens then? See, the Bible teaches us in this passage in Romans, what Paul's talking about is that each of us carries weight. We feel the weight of life in a real way, the weight of responsibility, the weight of our actions, the weight of our dreams, our failures, our future. And what makes it or breaks it for us is where we place it. Like a man on the springboard, we offer the weight of life to someone or something. The question is, can what we offer it to hold us? Can what we offer it to hold us? We are our people who are bankrupt. We are unable to find this on our own. And so we need to look to the scriptures. We need to unpack what Paul is talking about here. This passage in Romans acts as a sort of keystone passage to us. It's, you know, we're reading through the lectionary and each of these passages are connected together by a certain theme. 
And what I, when I read this and when I, when I read commentators, they, they see this passage here that Paul's putting before us as a sort of key, key passage where it unlocks the door to, to seeing other scriptures in a new light. The to- where Jeremiah talks about the prophecy. In the Psalms, where, where, where David talks about walking with God, learning to praise him faithfully. In Matthew, where Jesus talks about how we are to welcome people. Each of these passages, how we live them out, is impacted by what we offer the weight of our life to. Paul says that we are people who, without offering ourselves to God, are unable to provide the basic means of life. We have to offer ourselves as slaves to someone or something. That's the first thing that we see in this passage. Paul doesn't say you can offer yourself as a slave or offer yourself to freedom. No, he only gives us the option of slavery. And we can think to ourselves, how, how could Paul do this? How could, how could the Bible condone slavery? Aren't we supposed to be free? Aren't we supposed to be freeing people? Isn't that what grace is all about? Freedom? Freedom in Christ? And yet Paul says, offer yourselves slaves to sin or slaves to obedience. And what, what Paul's actually getting at here is, is something different than how we see slavery in, in our world. We see it normally as two different ways. One is where, you know, if there's a, a war, a country goes to war with another country and they capture it. They can take those people as slaves. They've been captured. They're now under the oppression of another nation. Or another way is generations and generations of oppression. People are born into a life of slavery. Both of these that come to mind are not biblical, not just So then what is Paul talking about here? Well, he's actually talking about something in Roman culture where you could actually offer yourself into slavery. You could voluntarily give yourself up as a slave. And now right away we think, why would anybody want to do this? Well, if if you had a debt, a major debt that you could not pay off to somebody, one of the ways to free yourself from this debt was to offer yourself to them as a slave, to give yourself into full obedience to them. Or if you are born into a class of poverty, if you are born into the cycle of poverty, unable to get yourself out, then slavery was actually, in Roman culture, an option for you to to offer yourself into a a situation where you would actually be able to receive food and clothing and water, basic human necessities. And so what Paul is saying here is that we are like slaves. We are unable to provide for ourselves not food, clothing, and water— but we are unable to provide ourselves a strong identity, 
meaning in life, hope for the future, without offering ourselves to someone or something that can. We have to offer ourselves. We can't provide these things on our own. The Bible tells us that this is because we were actually created to be in a servant relationship. If you think back to the Garden of Eden, human beings were not made to be independent, but dependent fully upon God in the best way possible. In the Garden, Adam and Eve didn't feel this life weight on their shoulder because they lived in complete dependence of God until they sinned until they went their own way, until they tried to define right and wrong on their own terms, and then fear crept in right away and filled them with weight. They hid because they felt the pressure of failure. Paul says we can either offer ourselves as slaves to sin or slaves to obedience. We can't sidestep this basic human condition that we were made for dependence We need to rely on someone or something for the most basic needs of identity, of meaning, of hope. So what do you offer yourself to? That's the question that's in this passage in Romans this morning. What do you offer yourself to? What do you offer the weight of your life to? That weight that you feel on your shoulders this week. Many of us would say that the options in front of us are clear. Slaves to sin or slaves to obedience. To be slaves to obedience is to have, to, 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 to love people, to love God, to do good, to not get angry at our brothers and sisters, to go to church every Sunday, don't swear. Right? Slavery to obedience means doing what the Bible says, outward obedience. But for Jesus, on the Sermon on the Mount, we have to see that um, we are slaves. To be slaves to sin is to abandon God's law. To swear often. To eat food without praying or to tithe 10%. That's opposite. You know, slaves to sin. That's what it means to be slaves to sin. Is this what Paul's talking about? Is it the outward difference between these two paths? No. He even says it in this passage, we're not under the law, but under grace. How can this be? Well, I think it's helpful to see that Paul is not inventing these two ways here. Jesus actually talked about them on his famous Sermon on the Mount teaching. When Jesus got to the end of the Sermon on the Mount, he gives three images that sum up what life with God is all about. These are paths. These are the two different options that Paul is putting in front of us this morning. Jesus gives us the same options in three different images. He, can, he says there are two paths, one that leads to life, one that leads to destruction. There are two trees, one that, lead, one that has good fruit, the other that has bad fruit. There are two houses, one, one with a solid foundation, one with a soft foundation. And Jesus places these two ways before us, as does Paul, and say, which one are you going to offer yourself to? Choose. But if we look closer at the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, we see that the two ways that Jesus is talking about, they're not as easy to tell apart as we think that they are. See, on the outside, these, these images that Jesus uses to describe 
sin and obedience actually look rather similar. Think about if you're going strawberry picking. You see a bush 50 feet away. It has red berries. You think those are good berries. You go up to it and you see that they're rotten. Why? Because on the outside, the bush looks good. It's only when you get closer, when you examine the fruit, when you break it open, that you see that it's rotten. The same way with a house. When you're buying a house, you have to go in. You can't just look at it from the outside. You have to go in. You have to go into the basement. You have to, you have to see if it smells like water's been in there. You have, to, you have to get a house inspector who knows more than you do because it's not obvious, the difference. So we can think to ourselves, how can death and life look so different from the outside? Well, we can see that there is a difference. But it's not what we may think that it is. When Jesus is teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, he doesn't say to people, you are not praying and you should pray. Or you are committing adultery and you shouldn't commit adultery. But he goes like this. He says, you pray like this and you should pray like, but instead you should pray like this. Or you look at a woman like this, but you should do, you should do it like this. It's not as easy from the outside to tell the difference because it's not about the external action. It's about the inward motivation. For Jesus in this Sermon on the Mountain, for Paul in Romans, offering ourselves to holiness isn't actually first about action. It's about motivation. It's not about what you do. It's about why you do it. And this is important for how we offer our life weight. Imagine for a second that your parents came to you and told you that if you want to live in their home, if you want to eat their food, if you want to drink their juice, if you want to play PlayStation on their TV, then you have to get straight A's in school. Complete 100% across the board, no mistakes. How much weight would that add to your life? You couldn't help but think to yourself, what if I get a B? What if I forget an assignment or get sick and fall behind? Which friend will take me in? Which house will I go to first? Who has the nicest couch to sleep on? You couldn't help but think this to yourself. Having your parents put that weight on your shoulders would change not only your anxiety level or your worry about what happens if I fail, but it would also change your approach to learning and the schoolwork itself. No longer would you want to get good grades because God's given you the abilities and the gifts to flourish in school. No longer would you, want, would you see uh, education as something to be thankful for because, because you're in a country where education is actually possible. No longer will you see the stuff you're learning as something you'll be able to use in the future to bless other people. Right? Your motivation would be shifted too. As soon as you feel that weight on your shoulders, your motivation will turn selfish. It's all about you and surviving and being a good person and being able to live with your family. It's about saving your own skin. Where would you put the weight of failure? It would come down on you. See, this would change everything about the way you did school. This is what Jesus is getting at in the Sermon on the Mount. This is what Paul is getting at in this passage in Romans. 
is that the law, when we try to do it, when we think of it as something that we can actually do, it will become an end in itself. It will only lead us to selfishness, doing all these things for the wrong reasons, because we think that it makes us someone good. And then what if we fail God? So what do we do? You think, well then, if this is the only way to follow God's law, if it's going to make me selfish, I might as well throw it away and say, I'm saved by grace. Jesus came to fulfill the law. I'm loved by God, not because I obey him, but out of grace. So does it really matter if I follow his law or not, if I obey him or not? His love is unconditional. A little while ago, Tracy and I were watching a movie called The Intern, and it tells the story of a young professional woman who finds success in her career. She starts a company, a clothing company, an online clothing company. She builds it from the ground up. She pours herself in it because she believes that people should be able to have clothes that make them look good. It's her dream. And she offers herself to it. But as the movie goes on, it begins to show us that her life is actually falling apart at the seams. She begins to feel the weight on her shoulders as her company is stretched thin, as her marriage actually begins to unravel. Her family life begins to crumble, and she's overcome with the weight of it all. See, she offered herself to her own way of living, and it couldn't handle it. It couldn't handle the weight that she put on it. And her identity became confused. She had a hard time accepting herself, seeing herself as valuable to anyone or anything. She felt like a failure, all because she placed the weight in the wrong place. So we have to be honest. Whether we try to obey God's law, follow it on our own, or try to live by grace and our own way of, of living apart from God's law, both ways we find ourselves stuck. We find ourselves putting our life weight in the wrong place. We can't do it on our own. We are stuck with the weight of our sin. How do we set ourselves free? Where, do we, where can we put this weight where it won't backfire on us? The answer is we root ourselves in the gospel. This is what Paul is talking about in Romans here, about living by grace. This is the gospel that tells us that Jesus Christ came to earth and lived a perfect life. That Jesus Christ lived the life that he should have. He's the only human being to ever follow God's law perfectly and for all the right reasons. It led him to a life of flourishing, he was a perfectly righteous human being and deserved the utmost recognition, the glory, the acclaim, the honor, the joy, the happiness, everything that comes with of fulfilling the law and living in a, a relationship with God, a perfect relationship with God, life with him forever. But that's not what Jesus got. What Jesus did was he took upon himself the weight of our sin and brokenness. 
the righteous one, bore the wrath of God when he went to the cross. See, when he was hanging there, he was not in the eyes of God perfect, but he had upon his shoulders all of the fear and the failure and the sin and the brokenness of what it means to be human. All the things that we fear will happen to us happened to him. And when he hung on the cross, all of the the failure came upon him and it crushed him. It crushed him. Why did he do this? Why would a righteous person bear the wrath of God to set us free? See, we won't ever, ever be able to offer ourselves as, as slaves to faithful obedience. Obedience that leads to righteousness, true righteousness and holiness and, and eternal life with God. We will never be able to offer ourselves, abandon ourselves to obedience unless we see and preach to ourselves the cross of Jesus every single moment of every single day in it that, we, that Jesus went to the cross because we are sinful, because we are stuck, because we are absolutely bankrupt and helpless on our own and there is absolutely nothing that we can do about it. But at the same time, that he willingly went to the cross. That he chose. He said, not my will, but yours be done. He abandoned himself to the will of the Father. Why did he do this? He did it because he loves us. See, what the cross holds intention is these two things, that we are more sinful and broken than we could ever dare believe about ourselves. But at the same time, because Jesus went to the cross, he, 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 he took the wrath of God, he, he died the death, we deserve to die. Because of that, we are more loved, more accepted than we could ever believe. Because of Jesus, we are welcomed into the Father's arms of love and taken care of and lavished with good things, more good things we could ever imagine. Only on Jesus can we place the weight we feel on our shoulders every day. Only on Jesus can we see that that he can take it because he went to the cross. Because he bore the wrath of sin. And not only that, but he can also take our hopes and our dreams because when we cling to him, we are united in his death, but we are also united in his resurrection. The things that we feel that we long for come to reality in our relationship with Jesus. He is gone to death and back. And now we can have resurrected life when we follow him. Offer yourselves, give yourselves up as slaves to Jesus. 
offer your whole life to him. And it will lead to righteousness and holiness and satisfaction and eternal life with him forever. Now we can ask ourselves the questions now, what are we holding back? What weight do we feel on our own shoulders that we think we can take care of? What are we most afraid of handing over to him? Offer yourselves as slaves to obedience of serving Christ. Our life depends on it. Use this key in this Romans passage to unlock the other passages that we read this morning. Because it's only when we obey for the right reasons out of dependence on Christ and joy in Christ that we learn to acclaim God for who he is, like David said in the Psalms. And when we can welcome people without judging them, welcoming them for who they are, a prophet is a prophet, like Jesus calls us to in Matthew. It unlocks the way of life. Offer yourselves as slaves to obedience. Thanks be to Christ. Let's pray. Father, we pray that, um, yeah, first of all, we're thankful for um, these honest words from Paul, meaningful words that set us free from so many enslaving things in, in, in our lives and also the things that we, we really desperately just want to hold on to that we think we are still holding power over. Father, would you reveal these things to us? Show us that the only um, way to, to live weightless is to offer our sin, our hopes, our desires, our dreams to you. Father, help us trust you in the midst of pain. Trust you in the midst of joy. Trust you that your love for us is deep. Help us to preach the cross every single day in Jesus' name. Amen.